0: Thank you so much for joining me on Inside Out today. Beautiful Jade, my friend and fellow master NLP practitioner. How are you? I am very well. Thank you for having me. It is exciting to have you on the podcast for a chat. We're going to be talking all about the polarity between, I suppose, the business world and the spiritual world. And I'm going to let you dive more into that and expand on that and see where this conversation takes us. Yes, this is
1: something that I have spent a lot of time you know, playing around with. I have spent 10 years of my career in the media landscape really deep in that corporate world with politics and structure and hierarchy and all of that and then to also have such a connection to the spiritual world especially with um, training in you know neurolinguistic programming and other coaching modalities that really differ from what we think when we talk about the corporate world so it's, it's quite an interesting topic and something that I think would resonate with a lot of people
0: Absolutely. Just before we dive into that, can you expand more on you, what you do, who you are, where you're from, just to get the um listeners getting to know you a little bit, a little bit more?
1: Absolutely. So my name is Jada and Lloyd. <laughs> I am a positivity and confidence coach. So what that means is I help people to find their confidence, to achieve, the goals that they set out in their life. I have uh, a background in media, as I as I just referenced, um, ten years working in radio and different digital media platforms, um, and in that space, really loved working with. I guess. I was a producer for a long time and then in the advertising world and it's about what makes people tick, right? Like what um, consumer behaviour, why people listen to particular radio stations or different podcasts or why they would buy a particular product um, is what I loved. And then one day I went, you know what, I want to do this and actually do it for the betterment of people, like do it for the good guys instead of the advertising side of things, which is when I made the switch over to um coaching and specifically the confidence coaching space to help people who similar to me just wanted to you know make the most of their life and get the best out of themselves
0: I totally resonate with that I think for me too I loved health and well-being and I sort of dabbled in hey I think I'll be a PT because I love this stuff or I, I dabbled in nutrition because I love this stuff but then I really realized I loved the behavior behind it and the psychology behind it it's why people do the things they do why do we make the decisions we make why do we feel the way that we feel and that is what I like drew that drew into okay what does that mean for me what how can I utilize loving that so much and it wasn't PT or nutrition it was this it's cultivating this experience of coaching and life coaching and supporting people through their relationships and self-worth issues and things like that so totally resonate with that.
1: Absolutely I think that people underestimate personal trainers sometimes too like <laughs> it's like being a hairdresser right the kind right. of people that you I once got told um uh, I was overseas and I told a woman what I do for work. And I said, I'm a confidence coach. And she goes, oh, just like a hairdresser. And I said, excuse me? And she says, you know, the kind of person that makes people feel really good about themselves. And I thought, that is so beautiful. Like, imagine thinking so, like, the hairdresser is the kind of person, and it's true, like, unless they're giving you a really bad haircut. Um, most of the time you mm. walk out feeling really good about yourself and the personal trainer has to do a similar job. It's their job to motivate you. It's their job to inspire
0: you, to help you realise that you are completely capable. Mm. There's
1: there's so much more to it
0: than lifting bloody weights. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you notice the people that aren't in it for the reasons of serving and supporting and motivating and inspiring people, like even head, hairdressers to PTs or whatever that is, you go into those businesses because you love people, yeah, and for whatever reason you love people and you want to make them feel great and if you're not doing it for that purpose like you're doing it because you're lazy and you just thought hey this is easy i like lifting weights so i'm going to be a pt but you're a shit trainer it's it's obviously incongruent like you can see that clearly clear as day as you like are experiencing that person's personality and how they treat you and it's very obvious as well in life coaching when you're seeing um Uh, to put this nicely influencers transitioning to hey I'm a mindset coach now and they're actually only doing it to monetize their audience and they're not doing Mm -hmm. it out of congruence and out of a want to support and to help people be better people right Mm -hmm. so you're seeing that yeah come across to what we do as well
1: absolutely and I think that that's when the authenticity and alignment really come in right it's really hard to fake this lifestyle Mm. it's really hard and you know credit to the influencers not to go down that path too far. you know, putting that much of your life on display is is a lot. Mm. And to be faking that as well for money would just be exhausting, I would say. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how yeah. you manage it because to genuinely, you know, want to change the lives of people and to help them see the best versions of themselves, you have to be emotionally invested. It's an It's an energy exchange. You are sharing your energy with them to help them become the best version of themselves. So if you're mm drawing that energy from inauthentic places
0: i can imagine it would be very exhausting absolutely and for me i have always come back to the, my my sole purpose when i started the the journey of the podcast a couple of years ago we had numbers coming like really big on as some certain episodes there was big numbers dropping and i got really excited by that and all like lots of likes or new followers and things like that and i was getting really lit up by this newness and excitement of oh celebrate me yay and then it was that validation right of hey i'm doing a good job but then another episode might not go so well but that other episode was so meaningful and had so much power for the person that needed to receive that at the time in that conversation so for me coming back to my my grounding and my root cause which is I'm doing this for the one, the one woman that hears one episode and goes, fuck, I needed to hear that. That's all that matters. And and again, with the coaching experience, it's like, I'm doing it for the one. I'm not doing it for the, for the whole world. I'm doing it for the one woman that needs to receive that and needs my support. So I think that it's super easy when you're in this social media game as well with the advertising and marketing and all the things going on in this realm of coaching that we can get caught up in the validating and the ego and the the, you know not leaning into our shadows and doing the inner work but Mm -hmm. just playing on our own validation and needing the likes and the comments and all that sort of thing so it's it's people like you that you see in the space that are so authentic and aligned with who they are and what they want and it's just so beautiful to see those people expanding in this world as well
1: thank you that's very (laughs) clean of you to say (laughs) um interestingly what you just said actually really reminds me of the corporate space as Mm. well in terms of um that you know needing to show up in a particular way like being um doing the things because you think that's what other people are expecting you to do instead of it actually being the right thing. Mm. I think when we um, break down and, you know, to step away from the coaching space for one second and talk about the corporate world, it's such a – It's such an interesting beast, isn't it? The way it works with people, um, you know, thinking that their boss wants this from them when the boss hasn't said anything and how that's an internal reflection of them and the way that people can beat themselves up for um, not getting the recognition that they wanted or not getting the promotion that they were thinking they needed or doing actions and steps that absolutely – don't make sense because years ago that was decided that that was the way to do something. That's mm-hmm. why I work with clients in the corporate space a lot to help them find their voice and to help them find, um, you know, the confidence to speak up when they're wanting uh, something when they're recognising that there's something different required in the situation.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I, that lands in with me when I started um, in the corporate world. It was in shipping containers, as you know, and that was when I was I think I was 19. Um, and I was doing that for seven years. And in that time, I went from receptionist to selling another product that they had on the, on the sideline that no one was utilising. So I jumped into that because I could sell and I was confident. I went really well at that. So then it, I was also in a male-dominated office. So there was me and one other girl. So that was... Do very different. And I was the youngest. She was a lot older than me. And then it was all men, right? So coming into that space too, being the young female that's actually succeeding, there was other men that didn't really handle that quite well. And then on being on the receiving end of that and the mind games of that and the manipulation of that and them taking sales and this and that, and me not having the confidence to stand tall on my own and be like, that's my sale. That's not okay. I just refuse to use my voice out of fear. Me now, never in a million years would I cop that. But like it's <laughs> so interesting that me back then, I was so scared of standing up for myself. And I think a lot of women still are in the corporate world of using their voice and not having that confidence to step into their power and own what they want in the in that corporate world. That's 100%
1: correct. And I think, you know, we, I know you've referenced this a couple of times on the podcast, but the way we um you know, grow up and, you know, from zero to seven and they're the formative years and 85% of our neural pathways are hardwired within that time. Mm -hmm. We are taught that you go to high school, you go to university, you get the job. Like you're you're never taught to, you know, handle how a male-dominated industry is going to treat you. Like that's not something that we learn. So when you get into that space and you're like, well, I'm seeing everyone else act this way and I guess that's how I also act because I don't know how to do anything different and I don't want to be the odd one out that's like acting differently because I'm 19 years old and like who am I to think differently because we haven't learned that self-worth yet we haven't learned to trust the intuition yet Mm. that is the most valuable part
0: yeah 100% and when I started receiving the validation for my feelings as I slowly like grew into the business itself and things that You know, I had evidence to support that there were being things that were being stolen, sales and things like that. And I finally did have that confidence and I received the validation in return. It was such a gratifying experience for me. And then there have been still after the fact, there were still occasions where I had bosses that made me cry i go Mm. to the toilets and cry because they said something mean and Mm. that didn't and i couldn't cry in front of them and i had to hold it in and then hold it in for the rest of the day because don't be emotional don't be the girl that cries you're the only girl here they already think you're weak like you you have to be strong you can handle this you know what i mean and what would have happened if i did cry he'd Mm. probably go oh maybe i was too hard on her that's exactly right that's exactly right maybe i shouldn't have said that yeah yeah Uh,
1: excuse me for one second (laughs) the funny thing is is that you know you were in a position where you got really senior really quickly very early on in like quite a young age I actually feel like for my career um my you know early 20s were the part of my life where I was young and dumb and had no fear because I was like oh I'm just a junior so I can't mess anything up and so I like I look back and I'm like Okay, I, I need to be that girl again.
0: <laughs> she just did shit, yeah,
1: yeah. and yeah. and be- it was because I knew that I was a junior, and so it, it like I wasn't capable of of making huge mistakes. Mm. Um, and I actually love to teach that to my clients that are younger now. Mm. A lot of my clients are um are not <laughs> in their early twenties, but the. I guess the point I'm trying to make is sometimes the naivety can actually be a strength as well. So that mm. beginner's mindset, that ability to dive in and go, um, you know, I'm just going to see what happens is a strength, if you can look at it that way. I realise I'm conflicting what we've just spoken about. but hey, and that's okay, <laughs> right? It's perfect.
0: So, <laughs> the, point,
1: the point I'm trying to make here is when we first start something out and that ability to just dive into it and figure out um, – what's going on and ask the questions and the curiosity, it's when we stop asking the questions. It's when we, because when you're young and you're, you're junior in your position, you have to ask to learn, right? You have to ask to know what goes on next. It's when we get to a point where we go, we should know better so I'm not going to ask the question and then that's when the fear starts creeping in. That's when the um, unsureness of ourselves starts creeping in and am I good enough at this? All of those thoughts start to play a role when we stop
0: asking the questions. And also, if you're managing people in any line and they're asking questions, let them ask over and over and over. They're like children. Yeah. Let them ask until they know. So for me, I have something ingrained to me when I first started in containers. So I failed my year 10 maths and I didn't finish, go to year 12. And Maths was never my thing. I was in the bottom of it. I had a tutor. I just couldn't grasp numbers. And then I stepped into a role, a full-time role, where not only it was about money constantly adding numbers together, it was dividing, it was measurements, it was, all you know, modifying containers with doors and windows and being like quick off the mark to remember the measurement of a shipping container, door opening, and then the space when the doors close and all the things, yeah? So my number- algebra in real life. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> and that was my full-time job for seven years um and I had we we would have to do a drawing when a customer said I want to say two windows a door an air con this or that we would have to sketch a drawing for them on a container um draft and I couldn't grasp the measurements with something super simple this sounds really dense now but it was like the ruler to the actual real life measurements so mm. I would have to use this ruler and there was only there was one guy that I worked with and he I think for about a year every drawing we went over together and he ran me through it and by the end of it I knew front to back what I had to do, but it took me about a year to fully grasp it. So I would ask the same questions over and over, and his patience with me allowed me to have the confidence of when I knew how to do it, I just went for it and then I was right. Whereas there were other people that were like, you know how to do this. I've shown you this. You should know how to do this. Saying that to someone that's asking a question, it's so disheartening to that person. And it just like shatters their confidence and ability to have a knowing inside them, I think, as well. So mm-hmm. if you are managing people or teaching people or training people anyway, any way, let them ask the questions. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're trying to learn from you. That's exactly
1: right. Mm. People asking questions is signs that they want to get ahead. Mm. Be more people if they're not asking the questions. Yes. Asking the questions is proof that they are committed
0: to learning. Yeah, that evidence. Yeah, love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I just think like being in the corporate world, I sometimes I do miss that, that vibe of the office lifestyle. And I think that for anyone that's in that right now, trust your intuition if you can take anything from this podcast like lean into your intuition if you're doing something that doesn't feel good then ask questions about it you know don't be afraid or fearful or to say what you feel and think like you are a grown adult most of the people that are in a corporate role now you're you're an adult you are working in an adult environment, you can and you do have the right to ask questions and you also have the right to create boundaries where they're needed. If you're working hours that you shouldn't be working, if you're doing so much and you're not getting validated for that time and effort you're putting in and then you're feeling the feelings of resentment and frustration and overwhelm because of work, but you're not actually taking action to change it, why don't you create the steps yourself to change that so you're not having those feelings about your job because you can love the corporate world. Like I loved the corporate world. I still do. I would step back into that if I needed to, because I did love it so much. And I think you would feel the same Jade.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. The, the, the people thing is a massive one. Like the ability to, you know, connect with different individuals to turn to multiple people on the team. There's managers, there's juniors. There's so many people to um, turn to for advice, guidance, to share your knowledge with as well. Mm. Um, I actually spoke recently about the idea of being scared to ask for help, and you know, being, you know, asking for help can make you some people feel like it highlights their flaws. Like if I asked for help, then it would make me look stupid and I don't want to look stupid. But actually asking for help builds connection and rapport with your colleagues. Asking for help highlights that you want to grow and it also allows you to build a connection with someone else. People love teaching people shit. People (laughs) actually love showing that they know something. So they're going to like you more because you're actually building a connection with them. So asking for help gets you ahead quicker. The smartest people in the world, Ask for help. You think Jeff Bezos got to where he did without getting people to help him? Yeah. Absolutely not. The smartest people ask for help and it helps you build stronger relationships with people. So that is an amazing part of the corporate world that I absolutely love. Um, And the other part is knowing where you're at in terms of what you want from your life. So if you want to be the manager of the team that you're in, then work your little ass off until you can get there and love every every single minute of it. Be grateful for those experiences because there's no right or wrong. Like being in the corporate world, there's, you know, you listen to some business people and they're like, never work for a salary, always, you know, work your own game and all these different how to shorten your workday kind of things. If you love what you do, that is freaking amazing and continue doing it and appreciating what you do. Yeah. I spent 10 years getting excited to go to work every single day.
0: I love that.
1: And it was the moment that I didn't feel that excitement that I went, you know what, maybe, maybe it's time to actually do something else.
0: Um, I actually just thought about something hilarious that I used to do. I had a manager who would get a little, like a baby, he'd have a little tantrum when I guess the other bosses would pay more attention to what I had to say in, in a meeting or like if I was giving it putting forward an idea, right? And I used to, this is so lame, but I used to ask him questions I already knew the answer to after said thing had happened so that he would feel validated. I'd be able to "Say he'd be like, oh, like I can help her, I can teach her things. She, she, she doesn't know it all. Like and I would because I liked him and I wanted to be accepted. And he was a nice, nice manager. And then he'd get shitty with me for the rest of the day because I showed up and had more, you know, ideas than he did and they went with all they went with my ideas over his. Um, and, yeah, so I'd ask these really stupid questions and I'd be like, oh, thank you so much. Like, oh, didn't know that. <laughs> How are so am I? <laughs> That is ridiculous. Would you tell your clients to do that these days? Never. That is like, well, it, I guess it was me learning psychological manipulation, right? Ooh, to yeah. get what I want.
1: Yeah. And... I, you know, and... You're absolutely correct, right? Like managing up and managing down—they're very valuable things. It's super important to know how to manage the people below you and ensure that they're supported and have the resources that they require. But also managing up and knowing that your boss um, can get the information that they need from you, and you can get what you need from them, is a skill in itself for sure.
0: Yeah, he wasn't so stoked when I took his job, but (laughs) I couldn't help (laughs) (laughs) it. And you know yeah.
1: and and that's you know a really valuable lesson in that that's on him to learn that lesson, too. Yeah. I talk a lot about, you know you can't make decisions. you, you can't make decisions for fear of how other people are going to feel if you know it's the right thing for you and for them. Mm. All that should do in that situation is make him go, okay. I need to work harder because if yeah. one of my juniors is overtaking me, then I'm not working hard enough or I, I don't know enough, I need to go learn something else. Like, you, it's okay to put people in an uncomfortable situation because it's for their growth, right? Mm. There's no such thing as failure. It's only feedback. If you recognise that someone... Um, more junior than you is getting ahead of you, then that's feedback for you to take a few stepping stones ahead and go, all right, what am I doing? Let's have a look at this situation and see where I can grow from it.
0: Yeah. How can I learn? How can I learn? Like, if so, and and especially people that are of an age where they've done things a certain way for a certain amount of time, right? And they're in this this rule book, this those level four that we know, that mm-hmm. where they're operating out of a rule system and a square box. And then someone else comes in and they teach them and training them. And if they're younger and they're coming in with more ideas, or they're coming in with overpowering their ideas that person starts to feel smaller and smaller, but instead of doing what I did, which was try and validate them and try and make them feel happy all the time and people please. Yes. Because I wanted to be accepted. So, Mm -hmm. and if I was accepted, then I was validated. So all my own projection in that, in that certain experience, Um, rather than that, just show them how they can learn more or be Mm -hmm. honest and Mm -hmm. say, I'm not sorry that I'm learning different things. I'm not sorry that I'm bringing more to the table than you right now. If you want to change, change. Be, and be yeah. honest with that. I could have said that. And yeah. I wonder how different the experience would have gone and how different things might have ended with that relationship, that friendship in that workplace yeah. for me, because I didn't say that. And I just sort of like snuck, you know, hit under the rug and didn't want to wanted to hide myself, basically, and not celebrate myself for where I was going and how I'd gotten there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, something that we mentioned at the beginning when we were first talking was the idea of the spiritual world versus the corporate world and how you, we got really (laughs) fast. Um, and you know, I, that, that idea of, you know, being, um, not speaking up and, you know, making yourself look smaller to please other people. I think if we if we tap into the spiritual world a little bit and start recognizing our energies in different situations and how we feel about it from an intuition perspective, that's where it changes. Right. The thing that I've learned the most really recently is that everybody secretly loves the spiritual stuff. Yeah. Like the people who you go like the, the media company that I've most recently worked at, um, the COO is like meditates every single morning. Like he's the head of one of the largest media companies in the country and he meditates every single morning. He journals every single day. And like he, and that the kind of people that you think they wouldn't even know what meditation is, right? right. And you talk to different people and you're like, have you considered how you're feeling in this situation? Have you considered where your energy is at? You know, are you feeling low? Are you feeling high? Are you sitting in your masculine? Are you sitting in your feminine? And really learning to play with this can completely change the experience of working in the corporate space. Like learning that behavioral flexibility, learning how to jump into your, um, you know, light masculine when you need to or or your dark feminine and be a little bit manipulative when you need to like these are things that we need to be talking about more
0: yes and we've been told manipulation is bad it's a bad naughty word right it's it's not okay to manipulate right but what if it was great and what if we were able to manipulate our own behavior to support our journey in our career
1: what if you were manipulating for the good of others
0: yeah Exactly. Manipulation isn't always bad. And I think that we need to stop just like we we say in the health space, there's no good food or bad food. We need to stop saying, well, there's no good word or bad word.
1: Mm-hmm. It's what
0: we make it. So it's our concept of the word that we design around that and how that what that means to us. So how can we change our language, tapping into the spirituality and language and how they both play a role on, I suppose, our emotions what does that look like for for people? Like what does the word manipulate mean? What does the word um, abuse mean? What does the word inappropriate mean? Like set a different tonality, I think, and, sometime, and sometimes a different concept to what they actually mean and how you can use those words to support your own journey.
1: Yeah, because um, having a look at where you've actually come from and why you have the belief that you have about that language is, you know, really interesting. If you actually break down and go, I just was told that that was bad and so I've hardwired that into my brain to think that way. But if I stop and think about it for a second, you're absolutely correct and I don't need to consider it from that perspective, then that's when you can completely flip the switch on how you view anything in the world.
0: hundred percent. That, that's yeah. the
1: work you and I do a lot of the time, isn't it, in yeah. like actually figuring out the language that we use and how that is in. Influencing the programming, like yeah. the way that we act on a day-to-day basis. My mm. favorite quote, um, and I have this written down. I have it in my office and everything. It's by Earl Nightingale. Whatever we plant in our subconscious mind and nourish with repetition and emotion will one day become a reality. Mm. I love yes. it because it's beautiful and it, you know it's very inspiring. In that you go, oh my gosh, I can you know, plant these um, ideas into my mind and nourish them and repeat yes. them and emotion. And, you know, it's great. And mm. the same goes for the negative.
0: But mm-hmm. so if
1: we continue to plant these ideas in our head and nourish them with emotion, we're feeling annoyed about this situation where, you know, we're getting frustrated right here. It becomes a reality. Our internal world, mm. you know, presents itself externally.
0: Yeah, 100%. Even the word ego that's come up for me most recently of, you know, in the past, if I've been like, oh, he's got a huge ego that would be a negative. But now I'm changing the meaning of an e- having an ego is so fucking healthy. And we need our ego to have our positive and negative emotions. It needs to hold space in us for the, to release our shadows. There is so much energy in the ego that we actually are required to take action with and to be inspired with, and to be motivated with, and to be disciplined and committed and all the things like our ego supports that journey of us, right? It's our concept of self. So, like it's just another identity piece realistically so now when I hear someone using ego as a negative I'm kind of like hold on I think that's your projection not not about that person because ego is great like we can reframe and we can redefine what these big words have held in the past it's, and what you mentioned just before when we when we um what's what's the word what is the word, Jane? <laughs> Conflicted, yeah, that's right. Is <laughs> Confl- that what I said? <laughs> it conflicts what we originally said. Sorry, everyone, I'm going on a bit of a um, tangent here. <laughs> and it conflicts what we originally said. That's okay. Like, let's not hold time as the essence of what's right and what's wrong. Um, let's not use time as the essence of what we can and can't believe in the world. Right. So if I can say one thing right now, and that can feel really true to me, and that can be really amazing. And I can mean that wholeheartedly. And 10 minutes later, I can say another thing that might conflict the original thing. And that's okay. Like it is actually okay to change your mind. It is actually okay to believe different things and to move forward in spirituality, in the corporate world, all the things.
1: Yes, I'm giving you the crazy arms right now because <laughs> I 100% agree with you and I say this to my clients all the time. You know, we get taught you need to have a purpose in life and you need to go after what you want. You can change your freaking mind whenever yeah. you want. As long as you have a focus, then that's moving you in a forward direction. And if that focus changes, like I I I talk <laughs> I talk about two things. One is when you have a um A picture, so you have like a picture of what you want in your future and you know you have a camera and it focuses in on particular parts and you've got your really fancy new iPhone and it gets all the blurry edges because you've put some focus frame on it that I don't know how to use and um, you're looking at a particular point in the picture that is your focus point. The rest of the picture is still there, it's a little bit blurred right now. And if you wanted to change your focus into a different part of the picture, you can absolutely do that because the whole picture is still there. Mm. Everything is still happening to you and you can focus on one point to move yourself ahead. But if you change your mind and want to focus in on a different part of the picture, go right ahead. That is your prerogative. You're a human being. You can do exactly what you want. But the other analogy that I use is if you don't have a focus, you are like an AFL player running around the field without a goalpost to run to Mm -hmm. you are just running and running and running and of course it gets exhausting Mm -hmm. so choose something to focus on yeah if you know it's going to change in the future that's awesome too but having something to work towards for the moment is going to help you start kicking goals building your confidence and recognizing that you're getting ahead if you're not kicking goals because you don't know where the goalpost is you're just going to get exhausted and that's when you start getting down on yourself
0: absolutely that burnout comes in like and it can be anything it doesn't have to be career like finding your purpose your purpose is created right so it doesn't have to just look like I want to create a business oh my god I don't know what that business is but I'm going to keep running and running and running and running until I find the business it's hey focus on something focus on family relationships connection with yourself your health your whatever it looks like just find the thing focus on that and and be on the field kicking towards that for a while until something else comes up because usually when we start focusing on the one thing other things manifest other all the other things come and it, it all aligns right because you're focusing on the right thing for yourself at that time
1: yes that's exactly right focusing on what you need to focus on for yourself in that time it also means that you it's really hard to regret anything that you do because if you knew that you were focusing on the thing that you needed to do in that time and you were authentic to yourself in that moment focusing on what was important to you at that time then you anytime you look back anything you go you know what at that time that was the right thing for me to do and I trusted myself then yeah maybe I would have done it different but I don't regret it because that's what I needed in that time. 100%.
0: That is like a golden nugget, just dropping, mic drop moment, just landing it at the end of the app. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Love it, Jamie. Thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast today. I love chatting with you. Always a pleasure. And um, we might have to do a second recording soon. I'm sure you have much more to say on other topics too.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of Inside Out. I really want to grow in this space and make sure these stories and experiences are heard. If this episode resonated with you, I would love to hear from you. Please leave me a review and hit subscribe to ensure you don't miss our next conversation. Please also join me on Instagram and let me know what you thought about this episode at Inside Out with Chris. I can't wait to share more with you really soon.